Well, good morning and welcome to OneChurch.tv. If you're welcome, if you're actually joining with us in Theater 16 or on our acoustic venue or Facebook Live or One Church Online, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're starting a new series. We're calling It's Just a Phase, so don't miss it. And it goes by really, really quick. Before I dig into the material, I just want to remind you of a couple of ways that you can engage uh, with the teaching today. Um, the first thing is I would encourage you guys, if you haven't already, to go ahead and download the Bible app. And uh, it's a free download. You can click on more at the bottom right in events, and you can actually follow along on all of today's sermon, and you can email yourself the notes. So that's just a little bit. Also, every week, uh, right outside of Theater 16, we actually print small group questions for you. So if you're leading a small group, great. If you're not, uh, maybe you just want to say, hey, I want to take this so that I can have devotionals with my family. This is a great time that you can be able to do that this series, but we actually make this available every week, no matter what series we're in. And if you go to the onechurch.tv app and download that, that's also a free download. You can watch it, you can listen to it, and the small group questions are on there as well. So also, uh, while I'm teaching, uh, my number is going to be on the screen behind me. And if you would like to text in some questions, I'd love to be able to answer those. We want this to be uh, a dialogue and not just one-way communication. We want to have a conversation about faith and about parenting today. So let me just go ahead and start off at the very beginning. I am not a perfect parent. And uh, both my wife and I, we're not perfect parents, and we're still learning. Uh, let me introduce you to my family, though. I have three boys have uh, Walt, uh, who's 20. He's actually going to be turning 21 in just a couple of months. So uh, I had uh, Walt when I was about three years old. Um, so anyway, uh, but Walt, uh, he's uh, 21, and he's actually out of the house now. He's leave, living in a suburb of Nashville, and he's going to MTSU, and he's doing theater and lighting stage design. Uh, so uh, he's excited about that. My, middle, uh, my youngest son, Bing, is in the middle, and Bing is 12 years old, and uh, he's just a great kid, fantastic kid. And then my other child, Jed, he's on the far left. Uh, he's our middle child. And this dude is a hoot. He is, uh, he's a comedian. Uh, he loves doing card tricks. He plays the trumpet as well as Walt. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about them in this series. But I just want to throw them up there to let you know that they don't have a perfect dad or mom. And we're still learning just like you are, and we're going to learn together. So can we just say, as we learn through this, that I'm not perfect, right? And I want you to say this, you're not perfect. Say, I'm not perfect, and you're not perfect, and that's okay. All right, because all of this, we are struggling. Sometimes you lose it and you lose your mess on your kids, right? Sometimes we do that as well. In fact, let me just tell you what happened last night. This is fun. Um, last night, my mom, she's in Connecticut, and my dad, he works the night shift. So uh, my boys, Kim's mom and Kim's boys, uh, Jed and Bing, wanted to spend the night over at Grandma's house. And, of course, Grandma's not going to be there. Granddaddy's not going to be there. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you know. I'm just like, okay, you know, we're good. So Kim, you know, was like, okay, great, we're going to go through this. And then I come home taking them, and Kim's like, hey, just to let you know, I had to wait a little bit so that I made sure Granddaddy got up before he left. And Kim's like, they're there by themselves? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh, I didn't realize that. And my wife goes busting out the door, and she goes and gets them and brings them home. Because she says, I just could not live with myself if something happened to them. And I totally get it. As a guy, I'm like, eh, 
you know, but Kim was like, no, see, I, my, my wife is a much better parent than I am. Can we just all agree on that? All right. Some of you guys are like, yep. All right. Really? Well, let me just talk a little bit about our parenting strategy here at OneChurch.tv, and it's all based around the color. In fact, for some of you, if you have kids, you drop your kids off, many of, of, many of our folks are wearing orange, and orange represents something here at OneChurch.tv. You see, when you take the red, the heart of the home of parents, and many, how many of y'all are parents? Let me see your hands today. Awesome. Uh, you, the heart of the home, and you add that with the light of the church, you get something we call orange. And we believe that par church, partnering with parents, we can have so much more influence than just parents alone can or church alone can. You, you put something together, it makes it better. How many of y'all like peanut butter? Let me hear you. How many of y'all like jelly? All right, not as much, but you put them together, what do you got? PB&J, baby, right? How many of you, I mean, Lady Gaga, amazing artist. Some of you are like, oh, whatever. I'm telling you, she can sing country. She can sing pop. She, I mean, she can almost sing anything. You put Lady Gaga with Bradley Cooper, what do you get? A Star is Born. You're like, I don't know. I haven't seen that one yet. Y'all too, it's pretty good, all right? I mean, I mean just a blockbuster hit, right? You put pie and you put ice cream together, and what do you got? Little diabetes, right? I'm just saying, it's really, really good. Just telling you, all right? There's something about getting two good things and putting them together that makes it great. And that's what the church and the home is all about. You put those together and you will have more influence. And we, we believe here at One Church TV, we don't, we're not babysitting kids. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. We don't babysit your children. We don't believe that what happens in here is more important than what happens right now with your children in their small group time. So as we go through this, we know at OneChurch.tv, we have an opportunity to love, to minister to, to speak life into those children, into the next generation. And as that, as the kids move from this church to their next church or to their college or wherever they're going to go, we want them not only to be followers of Jesus, but to help lead other people to follow Jesus. OneChurch.tv's job is that we want to partner with parents. We can't substitute your influence. In fact, we don't even want to. We're going to talk a lot, a lot about that in the next couple of weeks. But we just know this. Parenting is sometimes hard. How many of y'all would agree with that? I mean, it's the most difficult thing you do. And we want you to hear from the bottom of my heart that if you're a parent in here, you are not alone. You are not alone. I remember how Kim and I felt when we brought Walt home from the hospital. We were living in Auburn, Opelika, Alabama. And um, we had waited the first five years, and then we're like, okay, we're going to have kids. And then well, we got pregnant with Walt, or she got pregnant with Walt. And um, I remember coming home, and it was we were so scared. We were, I mean, we were sleep-deprived before we ever got to the hospital. And now we weren't getting any sleep. And I remember coming home and just feeling overwhelmed. Walt was a nine-pound, three-ounce baby and two feet tall when he was born. I, you, I'm not even making that up. 23 and a half inches long. That joker was two feet tall. He just kept on coming and coming. And I'm telling my wife, push. And she's like, yeah. I mean, oh, my gosh. So I'm just, he just kept on coming. I'm just that. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're going to move on. But you know what? I remember feeling overwhelmed. 
and feeling like, I think I need some more training on this. And here's what I realized, that even though the days felt long and the, many times the nights felt longer, that the days can feel long, but the years are short. The days can feel long, but the years are short. Here's our big idea today, what we're talking about. You have less time than you think, but more influence than you realize. If you're a parent in here today, you have less time than you think, but you have more influence than you realize. Now, I just want to hit the pause button and say, there are some people in here, and you don't currently have a family. You've not I've started having kids yet, or for some of you, uh, you've maybe you've struggled with infertility. For others, you, you've adopted, or you've done fostering, or maybe that's none of that. Uh, but you, we all come from a family. So whatever phase that you're in, I believe that this series is going to be able to speak to all of us because you have less time than you think, but more influence than you realize. So I want to start by acknowledging something in this series because we're going to be talking about phases that we are all at a phase. Some of you, you're at a phase where um, you're not married right now. You're not even thinking about kids. Great. Okay. Others, you, you're at a phase and uh, you are taking care of older uh, and uh, maybe an older sibling or even an older spouse or even maybe an older mom or dad and the tables have turned and now you're the parent and the parent is the child. Uh, there's, the, there's your 20s and, and some of you in your 20s, there's your 40s, there's your 50s, there's your 60s. All of that is just phases. And we're going to be talking about as we go through this right now, I'm in the taxi driving phase. How many of y'all are in that phase with your kids? It's like you're going everywhere. It's like, where to? And how much are you going to charge for this Uber or Lyft ride, right? I mean, crazy. I'm driving them everywhere, picking them up from school, uh, taking them to school, taking them inside out on Wednesday nights, taking them to outside in on Friday night. It's just like, what in the world's going on? Some of it's soccer practice or band practice or, or rehearsals or whatever that looks like. And you're in the taxi driving phrase. So let's define what a phase is. A phase... Is a time frame in someone's life when you can leverage distinct opportunities to influence their future. Let me repeat that. A phase is a time frame in someone's life. All of us, we're in a phase right now when you can leverage distinct opportunities to influence their future. Let me explain a little bit some of the phases that I went through. I remember in middle school and high school, freshman. In, in high school, sophomore in high school, and just wanting to know more about God and having, I, I, I wanted adults to pour into my life, but I didn't want my mom and dad. I mean, I always, I, I felt, not always, but at this point in my life, I felt like they were just dumb. They were idiots. They didn't know anything. And I was pushing them away. And some of you, if you're in that phase right now as a, a parenting a teenager, you know how frustrating that can be. Because they're trying to find their independence from you. But just because they're trying to find their independence from their mom or dad doesn't mean they don't want to have adult influences in their life. I remember my best friend, his name was Charlie. Um, my mom and dad didn't want anything to do with them or anything like that. But I remember getting my first ticket and not knowing what to do. And uh, I remember going to my best friend Charlie's mom and dad, Diane and Harry, and I said, what should I do? And they scolded me and did all that stuff that my parents should have done if, if I told them. Um, and they kind of helped me navigate what I needed to do. 
You see, and the reason why I think that's so important is because if you're, a, if you're a parent in here, they may not have anything to do with you because you have to love them. See, that's kind of how I thought with my mom and dad. They had to love me. But I wanted to get around other adults to see if I was lovable by somebody who didn't have to. So it's one of those things that it was just a phase. I think my parents are great now, but back then, eh, you know, just a phase. Here's another phase. I remember being in college and a mentor of both my wife and I, his name was Philip Herring. He, he pulled me aside and he says, Chris, I think it's just evident that God's fingerprints are all over your life. Have you thought about uh, being a pastor, maybe being a student pastor one day, maybe eventually being a lead pastor of a church? And it was his influence in that phase of my life he leveraged something that changed the course and the direction of anything and everything I was going to come after that point. I mean, it was a, a, a pivotal point in my development. You see, it's just a phase. So as we kind of go through this in whatever phase that you're in, the question I want to ask and answer today and for the rest of the weeks we're going to be on this is how do you leverage the phase that your family is in today in the time that you have left. How do you leverage the phase that your family's in today? That's what we're going to talk about at the very beginning of this sermon and then at the end with the time that you have left. Because <laughs> the times, I'm telling you, you just need to realize this, you have less time than you think but more influence than you realize. So one of the things that we want to ask and answer, and this is interesting, you know, when you, your kids go on a bus, they have to know some stuff, the, the kindergarten, right? They need to know what bus number. And there's some things that we kind of want to talk through. Hey, what does our kid need to know during this phase? And that's really important thing. Some of you, you're kind of, how many of y'all, you have like preschoolers? Let me see your hands. All right, a couple of you in the back. You're probably sleeping right now during the sermon. I get it. Uh, how many of y'all, you have elementary school kids? Let me see your hands. All right, a lot of you guys. Awesome. What about middle schoolers? All right, I'll see you. Good. And what about high schoolers? All right, absolutely. I see you. See, all of those are different phases that we're really going to dive in deep today. And many times you start asking and answering the different questions is, what does our child need to know? When do they need to know? When do we need to have the talk with them about physical and sex and dating and all that stuff? When do they need to start wearing deodorant? It's probably a couple years before you think. Right? I mean, when do you, and we, we start getting into this comparison game, you know, when do they need to do this and know this? And, you know, and my kid, you have a three-year-old. Well, my, my three-year-old is reading Harry Potter novels. Great. You know, my kid's having a hard time not wetting himself, right? And, and you start playing this comparison game as a parent, and you start feeling bad or good or whatever it is. So we start asking the question, what does our child need to know? But even a better question is simply this. What do you want your child to know about God at every phase? That's a more important question. And we have partnered with a group called Orange. Uh, and Orange, basically what they've done, this organization, they've worked with all kinds of academia and psychologists and teachers and theologians. They've read everything that they could and put tons of energy, time, and money in a project to figure out what does your child need to know about God at every phase. And that's what I want to talk about today. So let's talk about the preschool phase. Now, as we talk about this, we're going to, have to show a video of this one little girl as she grows up. Let's talk about the preschooler phase. 
babies to kindergarten. Kids are just starting to develop in the preschool. They're starting to figure out how everything works, how their legs work, how their arms work. And from birth to two years old, they're experiencing more change in their little bodies than they will ever experience up until about 12 to 13 years old. The infant stages is when nobody sleeps. New parents never sleep. And guess what? Everything smells. Everything smells dirty diapers, spit-ups, the baby is always needing you. When they turn one and two years old, they ju just expect parents to be late at this stage. They will. Between toddlers saying, I can do it myself, mommy, to having to pack like a Sherpa ascending Everest baby bags and strollers and diapers and extra diapers and pacifiers and milk and juice and an extra change of clothes for the baby and for you when the baby spits up on you. And then they moved to asking tons of questions. Curious preschoolers ask why all the time. So it's during this phase as you see, you see their specific needs, what you need to do in this stage is to embrace them at that phase. Embrace their physical needs. And as you love them, you're introducing them to God the Father who loves them. It's an, also an opportunity to introduce them to the family of God, the church something we take very seriously here at OneChurch.tv. Wonderland, which is our preschool environment here at OneChurch.tv, Wonderland is where we put out the welcome mat, not only for new babies, but for entire families. People show up, families show up, because we love on their kids well. And we have so many fantastic uh, uh, preschool workers right now who aren't babysitting your kids. But they're teaching them specific things. And as they're embracing them, one of the questions that these kids during this, a two-year-old is asking is, am I able? That's the invisible question they're asking. Am I able to do it myself? Uh, can I button my own button? Can I zip my own zipper? Can I do it myself, mommy, dad? Now, it's during this phase where all of our fantastic preschoolers right now in Wonderland who've been vetted and background checked, they are teaching them three things that we want every child to know. You see, in each one of these phases, there's three things that we want to teach our children. And in the elementary, excuse me, the, the preschool phase, we want them to know that God made me, that God loves me, and that Jesus wants to be what? my friend forever. That's what we want them to know. God made me, God loves me, and Jesus wants to be my friend forever. Those are the three things for preschool. Now, let's get to elementary age. This is kindergarten through fifth grade, and look at this little girl, how much she's changing. She's growing, right? She's losing teeth during this time, and you're seeing during this phase, they're getting interested in all kinds of stuff. In my house, it was Legos, and Star Wars, and Ben 10. I mean, it was all of that stuff. And in this, they're, they're always looking for different facts. My kids had all these different fact books, 101 facts, 1,001 facts. They had the dangerous book for boys, and they loved reading that and been, being mischievous. This is a great time. During this phase, you need to become a master storyteller to be able to capture their heart. They love stories. 
They love the stories of like good and evil, like Star Wars. They love those stories my boys did. And I'm telling you, we talked a lot about that. And you look for teachable moments, whether it's in Star Wars or Harry Potter or whatever that looks like, so that you can be able to bring God into the conversation. And during this phase, you need to engage their interest, engage the interest of your child. It's a great time for conversations about God. Now, what's happening at this stage is, in the preschool stage, everybody made flowers, and it was like, oh, that was so good. Nobody really knew it was a flower, right? But they, you, got, you got it put on the refrigerator as art. But in kindergarten through fifth grade, everybody's making those same flowers. And now the kids are realizing, well, she got an A. And that person got a blue ribbon. And I didn't get that. And they're starting to play the comparison game. They're wondering, what am I going to be good at? What am I going to be good at? And the invisible question they're all asking is, do I measure up? Do I measure up? And this comparison crisis arrives on whether or not that person's going to be better at that. And that, it's kind of how it was in my family. I remember Bing, uh, uh, he tried painting so he could get into art club. And he didn't get into art club, and I thought he did good, but I'm a little biased. I'm his mom or dad, right? And this is where parents lose their ever-loving minds on the ball field, right? Because my, my, my son is going to be the next Mark McGuire or whatever it is, and your son is out there in left field playing with butterflies. Like, I don't know if that child's going to be a winner at baseball, right? But we, as a mom or a dad, we are trying to live out our dreams through them. Be careful. Let him be a kid. I remember, again, Bing. He was trying to figure out what he was going to be good at. Was it going to be art? Or was it going to be that? Walt played trumpet. He was an amazing trumpet player. Jed plays trumpet in high school. He's an amazing trumpet player. And Bing's like, I'm going to try trombone. And he did that for a year. And let's just praise God that he is not playing trombone anymore. Right? But let me tell you a little bit about my boy Bing. Bing realized he wasn't good at an instrument, a brass instrument like we all are. But he was amazing at singing, and he loves singing. He can sing harmony like nobody's business. In fact, he's led worship here on Sunday mornings. That's so cool. And we just got him a ukulele for his 12-year birthday just a couple of weeks ago. He already has learned two songs. Hasn't had any lessons. Thank you, YouTube. Just saying. It's during this phase, this is what we're wanting to, to teach our kids, that I need to make the wise choice. What is the wise choice here? I can trust God no matter what, and I should treat others the way I want to be treated. We believe that during this phase, if we teach them those three things, then they are going to be better off. Now, let's go to the middle school phase. How many of y'all, you, you got kids in the middle school phase? Let me see your hands again. All right, bless you, my child. All right, there's something about this. I remember when I was a student pastor, I called this the pre-human phase. Um, it was just something about middle schoolers, sixth to eighth grade. And this is a phase as a parent where you're moving from, hey, I'm in control here to I'm just kind of a coach. And uh, the transition is beginning and they're starting to separate from you. And you're like, oh, I don't want to let go, but you have to. And what happens with a middle school student, they're on a journey to figure out, do I make this a faith of my own? So it's during this thing, the secret of parenting a middle schooler is to master the skill of never freaking out on the outside. <laughs> You're freaking out, just keep it on the inside. 
Let them ask their questions. Let them explore. Just try to keep calm and keep it together. You see, it's during this phase that you want to affirm that affirm them that they're on a journey, a journey of faith. And the question they're asking is, who do I like? Who do I like? And the truth is, the answer is probably whoever likes me because they're acceptance magnets. They will drift towards anybody that encourages them or accepts them. So if you're a parent during this phase, encourage them a lot. All right, during the middle school and high school phases, we want to teach them three things. I am created to pursue an intimate relationship with God. I belong to Jesus Christ, and I've defined who I am by how he sees me. And lastly, I exist every day to demonstrate God's love to a broken world. Those are the three things we want them to experience. Now, middle school to high school. They started experiencing puberty probably in middle school, definitely in high school. They're starting to change. And it's this last stage that can be so exciting or so very frustrating. During this phase, you're like, man, I just, I, you know, what's going to happen? What are they going to do? And uh, who, what, what college are they going to go to? And what are they going to really drift towards? And will they catch the faith that I've been trying to instill in them? And it's during this phase you see that this little girl has become a woman. And the braces are coming off. And she's doing all kinds of weird things with her hair. And he's doing all kinds of weird things with his hair. And there's all kinds of smells, and there's deodorant, and let's try a different deodorant, and hey, go brush your teeth. How many times have I ever had to tell my boys to go brush their teeth? About six times a day, right? Whatever. I heard that, Jed. <laughs> Wrong. All right, that's, that's fake news right there, okay? I mean, just, I mean, just like, come on, right? But it's, it's during this that they're starting to see who they are and how they relate to other people, especially the opposite sex. And it's this in this thing that we want to infirm and mobilize their potential. We want to mobilize their potential, mobilize them to get out of the house, mobilize them to start paying rent, mobilize them to, hey, can you bring the car back and it not be on E, right? And it's during this phase, we are starting to kind of work with them and, and let them become adults because the goal is not for them to stay in the house forever. Anybody want to agree with that? That's what I thought, right? We want to let them start separating. That's such a difficult time. Is how, how, how do you open your hands? How do you let that happen? So let's go back to our question. How do you leverage the phase that your family's in today? That's what we've talked about up to this point. In the, what's that next word? Time that you have left. And that's what I want to spend the rest of our time on. Is to talk about T-I-M-E. Because you have less time than you think but more influence than you realize. Don't believe me? Just watch this wonderful Subaru commercial. So uh, your seat good? Get the mirrors all adjusted so you can see everything okay? Just stay off the freeways, all right? I don't want you going out on those yet. Just leave your phone in your purse. I don't want you texting. Daddy, okay. Okay, there you go. Be careful. Thanks, Dad. Call me, but not while you're driving. We knew this day was coming. That's why we bought a Subaru. <laughs> we knew this day was coming. That's the reason why we bought extra insurance. Right? Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's something that happens with a parent's prayer life when their kids start driving, isn't it? You're like, oh, my gosh. Just the 
uh, I mean, and even right now, I remember when I got to driving age, when I was a, a kid, I didn't want to immediately start driving because I knew I wasn't ready. It just, I wasn't ready for that phase. It's a whole next level responsibility. My son, Jed, I love my boy, Jed. And, you know, he's at that phase where he could start getting his learner's permit. He says, Dad, I think I'm going to wait. And I'm like, okay, that's okay. Because sometimes, you know, we all know that's a big responsibility, get behind that 2,000-pound missile, the damage that could be done to them and to other people. You have less time than you think but more influence than you realize. Now, here's what you need to know that's true as a parent. You do have less time than you think. So what we're going to be for the rest of our time today is in the book of Psalms. And Psalms is in the very middle of your Bible. And if you have a paper Bible, you can just open it up to the middle and you'll probably be in Psalms. If you don't have a paper Bible, if you have the Bible app, go ahead and click on that. And we're going to be in Psalm 39. And we're going to start in verse 4. And listen to what the psalmist talks about. He says this, Lord, remind me. How many of y'all need reminding this morning? I need, I, I, see, he's saying, listen, hello, Siri. Remind me, set up a reminder, right? That's what he's saying. Lord, remind me, remind me of what? How brief my time on earth will be. Remind me. Just remind me. When I read those words in that verse, when I was younger, I'm like, I don't need to be reminded of that. Because when you're young, you think you have forever, and then you're immortal. And then the teens become your 20s, turns into your 30s, which is in your 40s, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm 40, right? And then 50 that used to sound ancient doesn't sound ancient anymore. And well, you got to realize that time is relative. And what the psalmist is saying here is, God, slow me down. We can't slow down time. But slow me down, God, and let me not miss it. Let me realize that my time on earth is limited. I've got to learn to count my days. Remind me of how brief my time on earth is, is what the psalmist says, because you have less time than you think. Verse 4, remind me that the days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you at best. Each of us is but a what? A breath. And then he follows that with interlude. He has that word interlude. Well, what is that? God is saying, pause. Hit the pause button. Reflect on that. Meditate on that. Spend some time slowing it down. Now, I don't want to depress you, but when was the last time you thought about how brief your life was? When is the last time you really thought of how limited the quantity of time that you have as a parent? Some of you know this, some of you don't. A parent has 936 weeks between a child's birth and graduating high school. 936 weeks. That's not a lot. The days feel long, but the years are short. It can be really challenging because I remember this is, we think this is going to last forever. Whatever phase you're in, I remember the baby phase. That was probably the hardest on Kim and I because they were so dependent. It was a codependent relationship, right? And it was just like, oh, they're, wanting, they're needing you all the time. 
and they're wanting to be fed, they're wanting to be changed, and they don't sleep long enough. And it's like, ah, when is this phase going to end? And we have a tendency to wish the phase away until they get into the terrible twos. Oh my gosh. I remember we would take Walt out to go eat at a restaurant, and I would rather be beat than to take my kids to a restaurant. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They show, I mean, how many times do I have to get up to take them to the bathroom? 50 times. And by the time I finally get back, my food is there and it's been cold. I mean, it's just like, whatever. I mean, the only thing you eat that's warm is, is a coat where the ice is melted. I mean, it's just, it's like, whatever. And it's just like so frustrating. And the terrible twos become the terrible threes. And if you're not careful, you will have a tendency to wish that phase away until they get into elementary school. And gosh, when they get to elementary school, things are starting to click along. You're doing the star constellation projects that the kids are supposed to be doing, but you end up doing it all. How'd that work? right? And then as you're kind of working through this, they're doing, bringing home math homework, dear Jesus, right? And I remember I started getting into X and Y equals all that stuff when I was in high school. I got elementary kids coming to me right now. Dad, you know, X equals 16. Can we just all agree that, al that alphabet should not mix with numerics? I'm just going to throw that out there. If you're a math teacher in here, Bless you, my child. <laughs> we love you. God loves you. But uh, so you, you're making it miserable for me because I can't do, I can't help my kids with, my own, with their homework. I can't do it. Dad, what? You better Google it. Just saying. We, we done. So, all right. I mean, and if, you have, if you're not careful, you have a tendency to wish that phase away. Until they get into middle school and high school, and it's like then they're kind of pulling away, and you're wanting to want them around some, but then when you're around them, you're like, yeah, I really don't want you around. And you have a tendency to wish that phase away until they get out of the house. And then they don't call until they need something. And you can't wait until they call. Will they ever call? And you realize that you've wished their life away. I promise you. Time flies. You have less time than you think, but you have more influence than you realize. Last verse. We are merely moving shadows, and all of our busy rushing ends in nothing. You see, we can get busy, and we can bring kids to this and that, and get really busy about a lot of stuff, but if you're not intentional about how you're parenting them, it can just evaporate just like that. You see, we need to imagine the end by focusing your priorities on what mat matters the most. Excuse me. And if you're not careful, you can die on some really small hills and not really just kind of move away from the mountains that really need to have that battle on. We can have battle about hair color and about how they wear their pants and, uh, you know, if they, you know, they wear deodorant or if they're going to get an earring, all that stuff, really, all that stuff really doesn't matter. What matters is what do they need to know about God? And if you're not intentional during this time, you will miss it and you will make mountains out of molehills and molehills out of mountains and you will reverse priorities and they will leave and you will have no relationship because... You've chose to be their friend and not their parent. So as we go through this, I think it just 
It's a reminder. Let's focus on the end in mind, the priorities. This is what Reggie Joyner has to say, the guy who invented this whole idea of orange. A hundred years from now, the only thing that's going to matter is your child's relationship with God. Not even your relationship with you, but your relationship with their Heavenly Father. So, you have less time than you think, but you have more influence than you realize. Now, I know some of you are like, this is kind of depressing. Well, I'm not trying to depress you, but I think all of us need a wake-up call. Because if you're not careful, you will have a tendency to wish the phase away and not pause in whatever phase they're in to be present. So here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask the band to come down. And they're going to go through. We've asked you guys to send in your pictures. And uh, this didn't quite work the way it wanted to in the first service. So hopefully it will work this time. But I'm going to ask the band to come down. And they're going to sing a song and play a song about how God sees us as a masterpiece. Whatever phase that you're in. And we hope you enjoy it. Heavenly Father, we love you. And you're an amazing God. And we thank you, Jesus Lord, that we can be present in whatever phase that we're in. God, I know there's some people here who have no children. There's some people here that you have children and they're out of the house, but you're still in a phase. And God, I pray that you would allow us all to be present in that phase and to not miss it. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And amen. Give it.